0: Thank you.
1: morning everyone it is so nice to see you all again we had a lovely time away and now we're back to this (laughs) snow and fun like that and i'm going to go from one extreme to the other i'm going to go from the lovely weather of cuba to next week being up north with some boys from the upper deck in huntsville uh so pray for my sanity Um, Why don't we open the service in prayer today? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be together. Father, we thank you for the changing seasons, for the beauty of this world, for the diversity that you have presented to us. But now in this time and in this place, we thank you that we can be gathered together here today in this time of worship. Father, whether that is in person or online, uh, through listening on the radio, And we thank you for all of these different ways to share your word, to share your love, and to share the joy of knowing you and loving you. So bless this time and this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Good morning. call to worship this morning is uh, based on excerpts from Psalm 111 responsive reading. You will read the part in yellow. Praise the Lord. Great are the works of the Lord. Glorious and majestic are his deeds. The works of his hands are faithful and just. They are established forever and ever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To him belongs eternal praise. Our first hymn this morning is number 17, our great Savior. Please stand and sing.
1: As we come to our time of announcements i wanted to just share a picture from our trip and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to go away we uh, certainly enjoyed it it was good for the soul to be able to do this we had the privilege of also re-meeting with some friends that we've met in cuba they're from ontario we have never managed to get together in canada but we have gotten together now a couple times in Cuba and it was great to see them and have a good visit with them as well. It was very refreshing to go and it was just such a, a nice time. I did lose my phone, um, some of you may have heard, and um, so it just seemed to vanish uh, on the second day that we were there and uh, I had no idea what happened to it and I prayed about it of course and then after another day and a half decided to just let it go and it was close to three to four days later um, we got a call from the uh, public relations office the customer service place and um, to let us know that somebody had found a phone in the water and it was still working and so it was returned to me so anybody who knew about this and was praying for the return of my phone thank you so much i appreciate it it is now packed in rice and drying out and so i'm using my old phone for today next week i'm going from one extreme to the other i'm going from lovely warm weather in cuba up to huntsville with the march break boys trip so this is an annual trip that happens that buck buchner and normally dave racher lead together but dave was not available and so Buck asked if I could go. And foolishly, I said yes. I mean, with a heart of service, I said yes. And so um, we are leaving 8.30 tomorrow morning. That's the plan. There's going to be seven boys that are going. And we're going up to Buck's, cousin, Buck's cousin's cabin up in the middle of nowhere, I guess, just outside of Huntsville. Um, so pray for my sanity uh, going from one extreme to the other. Uh, because of that, we will not have Bible study next week. Uh, Bible study will resume uh, actually two weeks after that, on Thursday, March 31st. I have a meeting uh, the week before that with the, the, yes, the Ministry Resources Committee, I forgot what it's called, um, on that next Thursday. So I'll be gone. There won't be Bible study this Thursday or next Thursday. It'll be the Thursday after that. But what's going to be exciting about that Bible study time? Who knows? Who knows? Besides the fact that we're talking about end times, Say it loud. No masks. Hallelujah. We're looking forward to that. So that will be great. One more week. Yes. uh, And a day. Also, uh, Bible study, uh, excuse me, Sunday school um, is going to resume on March 27th with the gospel of John because next week is our annual meeting. And so we don't have Sunday school on the day of our annual meeting normally. And so uh, apparently the annual report has been sent out to everybody through email. If you need a printed copy, please contact Serena. Uh, She was going to have them ready for next week, but uh, some of you may want them earlier than that if you need a printed copy. And apparently she didn't send it to me on email because I was away, and that's the price I pay for being on vacation or something like that. Also, please remember that our Tilsonburg Ministerial is having these weekly Lenten services on the theme of Jesus Is, and they're taking place at First Baptist Church, which is over at 18 Harvest Avenue. They happen each Wednesday at 12 noon, and you can also find them on YouTube if you look up the Tilsonburg Christian Ministerial Association. That's where you'll find them. Our missions givings for March are going to the CBM, which is Canadian Baptist Ministries, Ukraine Relief. And so that's where our March missions funds are going to help people in the Ukraine, people that are fleeing, people that are refugees right now. And of course, we really value the opportunity to serve God, to be part of His mission through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. So now let's take a moment and pray for our tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have blessed us in order that we may bless others. Father, we think about this opportunity to help those in the Ukraine who have gone through such terrible experiences, who have had to leave their homes, some homes destroyed and some just with most of their belongings left behind. Father, we pray for peace in the Ukraine. We pray for open doors and open hearts and open homes in the places where they flee to. and We pray for safety. Father, we pray for peace. We pray that those who are wrapped up in this war, Father, would lay down their arms. And Father, we pray that this relief money would get through to those who need it most. That people would be generous and care for those in need. And Father, we ask for your blessing over our tithes and our offerings as we continue to take part in the ongoing work of sharing the good news of the gospel. We ask your blessing on our tithes and offerings, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next chorus that we're going to sing together is Glorify Thy Name. It's found at number nine in your hymnals, and the words will be on the screen. Please stand if you're able. I have to say, I really enjoy the singing in here. It's, uh, we hear some people doing different parts, and it's great. We're our own little choir, and it's beautiful. As we come to our time of praying together, I have some updates for some people. Um, unfortunately, Laura Hopkins' husband, Steve, that we've been praying for, that have been battling pancreatic cancer, has passed away. And he is a... Um, or that family are cousins to Carrie and Debbie, and so... Uh, please be praying for Laura, and you'll see their daughter, Megan, is listed up there as well. Just uh, They're the ones that we want to be praying for. Also, you may note at the bottom that Wilson Doreen has been added too. Wilson and Joan have been coming out and uh, joining us fairly regularly. A wonderful couple. And uh, Wilson has been having increasing health problems over the last month and a half or so. And um, all sorts of strange things going on that they're not able to really tie down as to what's happening. And so he's now been hospitalized. He was taken into ER and is now in a ward. And so please be praying that they'll get to the bottom of what's going on with him and be praying for Joan as well. Do we have any updates on anybody else that we've been praying for? Kendall continues to move forward, which is great. Excellent. Medically as well as physically. Good. (laughs) As she had surgery on her legs. That's an important detail. Awesome. Good. Is there anybody else that we need to be praying for today that's not on our list? Okay, well then, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we are grateful for the many blessings that you have poured into our lives. We thank you for friends and family. We thank you for your love and your goodness to us. We thank you for this family of faith that we belong to. And Father, we take time now to lift up those who need your touch, who need your care, and who need your presence. Father, we continue to lift up Bill and Marguerite Racher and pray for Bill as uh, the strokes that he had have impacted him. Pray that you would be with them and get them the care that they need. Father, we continue to pray for Tina's sister, Helen Wheeler, Father, that you would look after her and continue to help her and heal her. Continue to lift up Lloyd Anderson, Father, and we ask that you would care for him and Alma. Continue to rebuild his strength. Father, we pray for continued healing for Roger Sandum. He recovers from surgery and battling cancer. Continue to lift up June Chambers, who struggles with pain, every day. Father, we continue to lift up Brenda's father, Earl Bacher. Father, that you would keep him in your care. We thank you for the good news for Kendall Parsons and that she continues to move forward and we pray for complete healing for her. Continue to pray for Kim McKibben as well in her health struggles and and the battle of cancer that she has been fighting. And also Albert Hardeman as he battles cancer. And Kevin Kauk as he battles cancer. Father, we lift up Steve Kauk as well. And pray that you continue to bring healing to him. We lift up Angela Mewtree and pray, Father, that you would continue to bring her healing for Louise Groom as she battles cancer, Dave Callahan with his health challenges, and Father, we pray that you would miraculously intercede. And Father, today we lift up Laura and Megan Hopkins and their family as they mourn the loss of Steve. Would you comfort them with good memories, Father? Father, we also lift up Wilson Doreen today. And pray that you'd help the doctors to find out what's going on that is wrong. We pray for his healing and that you would be with Joan at this time. Father, we continue to pray for our sister churches. And today we lift up Langton Baptist Church and their pastor, Jonathan Silverthorne. And this year we lift up Green Hills Christian Fellowship York as well. Father, would you bless these people? Would you strengthen them, we pray. And may they know your presence. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Sharon Petman, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so Frank Petman just passed away, he was from North Broadway, and uh, Phil reminded me as well that his daughter-in-law, Sharon Petman, and their friend, Brenda Stover, did a skit for us at the Boomers and Zoomers a couple of years ago, and so we want to remember them as well, and also um, many of you would have heard of Wyatt, was it Chambers is his last name, that also passed away at about 26 years of age, and He was a friend to um, Katie Piddock as well and some of those uh, kids that knew him and just in a tragic accident. So, yeah, let's continue to remember them as well in our prayers too. Thank you for the reminder. And now we're going to sing another hymn together. Blessed be the name, number 52. Please stand if you're able.
3: Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name name of the Lord. He breaks the So Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the foulest clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. I never shall forget that day, blessed be the name of the Lord. When Jesus washed my sins away,
2: Scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces.
1: back on. Thank you for sharing with us today and reading our scriptures. Uh, We are wrapping up our series on getting it right, and we have looked at four weeks with four different topics uh, from the Gospel of Matthew. We looked at Jesus, the law, and us, then the spotlight, who is Lord, and today I want to talk about planks and pearls. And throughout this series, an important thing that we have sought to remember is that right perspective provides the right response so in the first week we looked at the fact that some people seem to have it all together they're just so beautiful on the outside kind of like the taj mahal and we think wow we could never be like them and we're terrified at how amazingly righteous and perfect they seem in their faith and that was like the pharisees back in jesus day but jesus saw right through them And he noticed that they are like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, they look great. Maybe even have a happy face on them. But on the inside, they're just dead. And it's not just about following the rules. That's what we talked about the first week. And it's about what's in the heart. And like a box of chocolates, and trust me, I know chocolates well, um, that the box of chocolates is valuable when it's full of something. But when it's empty... It's worthless. You see, this is all part of the sermon on the mount that Jesus preached. And he said a whole bunch of things not to do. And he first talked about the law and how we were not to misunderstand the importance of the law for Jesus and for us. About attitudes towards hate and lust and divorce and oaths and rights. He talked about the fact that, you know, when we give, it's not about us. We're not supposed to have a big fanfare and have people going, look at all the money they gave. Oh, they're so amazing, and let's celebrate it. Or the people that pray, and they go on and on and repeating the same things after all this time and, and make a big show. Or the people that, you know, when they're fasting, everybody knows they're fasting. Oh, they're so pious. Look at them. They look a mess. It's really all about the externals. And we were reminded that it's not about impressing others. It's about that relationship with God. It's about the inner life with Him that really matters. We also talked about and looked at the fact that some people practically worship money. They put money first all the time. Or maybe they think that it's through their own efforts that they have everything that they do, but it's really not about what you can do. Because if you trust in God, then he will care for us in the same way that he cares for the birds and for the flowers of the field. And so here we are today in our fourth week in this series on planks and pearls. What an interesting combination of things. Again, if I was to give this a new name for this series, I think I might call it Curious Things That Jesus Said. Because once again, Jesus is saying things that make us stop and say, what on earth do you mean? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Or actually, a twig is an idea. Can you imagine that? That would be really painful. You know, you just happen, have you ever snapped a piece of wood and then the piece goes flying off? Can you imagine if it goes right in your eye? And you get this little tiny sliver, even, of wood in your eye. That would be painful. But Jesus uses this crazy uh, example and says, why do you worry about that speck of sawdust or that little chip in your eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Can you imagine going around with a plank in your eye? Oh, sorry, I'll hit you with that. It's crazy, isn't it? What is Jesus getting at? Jesus is using this example of what we do and how we behave. You know, sometimes it's much easier for us to see something in somebody else that needs fixing. Are you a fixer? I'm a fixer. I, when I see a problem, I want to fix it. There's this great story um, about how guys and gals, stereotypically, um, it's like a little video, and it's called "It's Not About the Nail." And the woman has a nail in her forehead. And she is complaining to the man about this pain that she has in her forehead. And the guy is thinking, take out the nail. It's, I know a solution for that. But you see, the woman just wants the man to listen and to understand. She doesn't really want him to fix it. And the guy wants to fix it. I'm a fixer. If I see something, they can be fixed. My first reaction is to fix it. So we're going to look at that today. This whole idea of trying to fix what is wrong in others. But then Jesus said something else strange Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. And you think, well, that's crazy. Who's going to do that? Right? Who's going to throw something sacred to a dog? Right? Have you seen how dogs treat chew toys? They don't last so well, do they? Um, unfortunately, uh, we've had a couple of furry losses in our family recently. Not our immediate family, but my brother, law they had to put down their dog, who, um, it was kind of sad, his name was Hudson. And Hudson was, would have his toys, and they may or may not last very long. Hudson would come and do a drive-by all the time, which was a drive-by it was would just come and lick you on the way by. Just whenever you. You know, just walking by, like... Um, and so, you know, my heart goes out to my brother and their family. Hudson was a sweet dog. Um, Will and Hillary also, um, their dog, Billy, they had to put down too. And Billy had this, this dragon, a green dragon, that was a stuffed dragon. But all that was left of it was the carcass? I don't know, what do you call it for a stuffed animal? The skin, that was it, the fur, You would never give something sacred to a dog as a chew toy; it would destroy it. And do not throw your pearls to pigs. What that? What on earth are you talking about, Jesus? Why would I throw my pearls to pigs? I mean, I actually have seen images of pigs wearing pearls. I'm not sure why. Has anyone else seen that? You know, they just like there was. Do you remember when they had the pigs that were all around Simcoe as some sort of fundraiser, and there was one with pearls around it. I think it was at Homo Jewelers or something like that. Miss Piggy wears pearls. Of course, how could I forget? Thank you, Sandra. Do not throw your pearls before swine. And maybe when you think of dogs, you think of dogs like Hudson or, or Billy, these sweet dogs, and think, well, you know, they can be trusted with certain things. We know we give them Luxury and kindness and goodness. And when we think of pigs, maybe we think of the cute little pig in the movie Babe or something like that, or the little potbelly pig that maybe your neighbor owns. I don't know why, but anyways. So, you know, some people have pigs as pets, and you think they're cute. What is Jesus getting at? We need to remember that the right perspective provides the right response. We need to understand what it was in jesus day and here's what jesus opens with in this passage do not judge or you too will be judged wow heavy duty right do not judge or you too will be judged so does that mean we cannot say anything negative about anything at all ever what does that mean Well, we know in reality that if we judge others, we will be judged, right? And that can be from others. If we judge somebody else, then they're going to look at us in that same way. Oh, that person does X, we say. And other people look at us and go, well, do you do it? Look at what you do. Sometimes that's their defense mechanism, isn't it? You say, you did this wrong, and they say, well, you did that wrong we judge others, we will be judged by others. But we will also be judged by God. So let's unpack what Jesus is getting at because there's something deeper that's here. Let's flip over to Luke 6, 37 to 38. This is where we see the same passage that Luke's perspective is slightly different. It gives us a little more context. Because Jesus says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. The word judge has different meanings, different contexts. And when Jesus is saying, do not judge, he's saying, do not condemn. Do not be the one who says the sentence. No, that person is no good. That person is going to hell. That person is is no one that we should want to be with. Jesus is saying, don't be arrogant. And he's reminding us that you are not the judge. You are not the one to say the final outcome of people's life, of where they're going. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans 2, verses 1 to 4. As Paul unpacks some of this to the church at Rome. kind of gives us a little more insight Romans 2 starting at verse 1 here's what Paul writes you therefore have no excuse you who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge another you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. oh wow I guess we all sin, right? Is that what Paul is getting at? Well, So let's unpack this some more. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? If we do the same things, if we say you're doing something wrong and you deserve to go to hell for it, And yet we do the same things. How are we going to escape God's judgment? If we condemn the sin in somebody else and say they're cut off, that's it. Are we so perfect? This is the point. Verse 4, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance do we extend grace to others that is what god is calling us to do then paul writes to the corinthians 1 corinthians 4 let's flip over there see what he else see what else he has to say about judgment 1 corinthians 4 starting at verse 3 i care very little If I am judged by you, or by any human court, indeed, I do not even judge myself. Hmm, interesting. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. We are not the judge. God is. So here's something to kind of have a little brain twister here. See, we are not to judge, we are not to condemn, but we are actually called to use good judgment. So we are not to judge, but we must use good judgment, wisdom, discernment. And there's this kind of balance. When we look at what people are doing around us, we still need to have good judgment in our relationship with one another, in those who are outside the church, in what others are saying. As I reflected on this passage, I thought about the fact that there's a lot of tension out there in the world today, isn't there? There's a lot of tension in our relationships sometimes when people have differing points of view. How do we treat that? How do we react to that? When we think, no, you're way out to lunch. You have no idea. We can be quick to condemn. But do we need to use good judgment in how we react to people? when to react and when not to react. You see, there's a difference between condemnation and evaluation when it comes to judgment. Judgment can mean condemnation, where you're saying, you are judged, you are cut off, you are no good, you are wrong, you are worthless. And then there's evaluation, where you say, what is it worth in my response to how this is going. Where do I stand and where are my own flaws before I'm pointing out the flaws in others? See, we must not pronounce condemnation, but we are called to use godly evaluation in our relationships. Right? As Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own? Are we so quick to want to fix others that we forget about our own issues first? If we maybe not dealt with anything or with something in our own life, Jesus is saying, don't be a hypocrite. Now, some people say, well, you can't judge me. No one can judge me. It's not fair to judge me. And maybe when you think about this whole idea of judgment, you think, aren't we all guilty of sin? How could I ever fix what's in my brother's eye or sister's eye when I have my own sin? Is that what Jesus means, that we can never care or help one another? Not at all. Jesus is not saying that we have to be sinless to help others. Do not have to be sinless to help others. But you need to be admitting that there is sin in your life. You have to acknowledge that, and you have to be addressing the sin in your life. See, some people just stop at the admitting that there is sin and never do anything about it. But we need to be addressing that sin. Oh, yeah, I've got a plank in my eye. Sorry, excuse me, pardon me while it hits you. But are we addressing it? Are we dealing with it? You need to address your sin. That's what Jesus was saying. There's also a difference between contradiction and sanctification. Contradiction is when we are trying to take that speck out of somebody else's eye have a plank in our own. Sanctification is the work that Jesus is doing in us when we have taken that plank out but maybe still have a couple little slivers stuck there must not live in contradiction, but we must seek sanctification. Contradiction is when we have not dealt with that sin at all. Sanctification is the process where Jesus is working in dealing with the sin in our lives, where we have given that over to him and said, hey, I've got a plank. Can you pull it out? Jesus said, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Deal with that sin. Address it. Jesus wants us to help others. He's not just saying, take the plank out of your eye and remember that you've got slivers. He's saying, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We are called to help one another, not to judge one another. See, Jesus speaks to us. And he says, we are called to repentance. This is the truth of the Christian message. We are called to repentance. We need to deal with that plank. We are called to righteousness that is found when we tell Jesus, I need that plank out of my eye. I need to deal with this. But then we are called to restoration, to help others, to take that little moat out of their eye too, to care for them, Somebody's watch is going off telling me that I've got less than 15 minutes left. Thank you. Um, Jesus says, do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. And you think, well, cute little dogs, cute little pigs. What does he mean? He actually means don't be a fool, right? You don't give your best, favorite, most important thing to the dog as a chew toy. Who are the dogs he's referring to? They aren't these cute little things that we have as pets nowadays. In Jesus' day, dogs were vicious. They roamed throughout the city. Uh, There's images in the Psalms of the dogs at night. They would come in in packs and they would attack. Sometimes they would drag off children. They were feared, these wild dogs. In Revelation, it talks about those outside of the city walls as dogs. They are cunning, they are plotting, and they are vicious. And we know people like that, don't we? Maybe sometimes in your conversations online, maybe sometimes in your conversations with people, there are people who are just so filled with spite. They are cunning, they are plotting, and they are vicious. And what about the pigs? Why pigs? Well, we might think they're cute, but the pigs that were in Jesus' day, again, were, you'd have wild boars that would gore people. Pigs were considered unclean in Jesus' day. They're destructive, they're obstinate, and they're voracious for their appetite. They will eat anything. Do we know people like this today? What is sacred? What are these pearls? Sometimes it's the word of God, I think. Or the message that God has laid on our hearts that we just feel like we have to tell everybody. And sometimes we get so excited about it that we just butt heads with some of the dogs and the pigs. And Jesus is saying, don't. Do it. They're only going to turn and tear you to pieces. Maybe it's on FaceTime. Maybe it's on Facebook. Or maybe it's face-to-face. Do you stop and evaluate? Do you take a moment of judgment to say, is it worth going into this conversation the way I am? Is it worth Fighting with this person? Am I representing Jesus well in this moment? Or do I just need to let it go? Because there are people like that. It seems like a very unchristian thing to say that there are people that are dogs and pigs, but it's about the hardness in their heart. Proverbs 1 7 tells us about this dynamic of the two types of people we have. You see, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And some people like us, we've embraced that. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. They are the pigs. They are the dogs. And they are vicious. And they are voracious. Remember Pharaoh back in Joseph's day. And what amazing, incredible things God did before his very eyes. And yet his heart was hardened. And when he finally let the people go, in the end, he goes and chases after them again. Moses tried to show him this message of the power of God. What does it mean for us today? that we are not to be people who are pronouncing condemnation on others. If they're wrong, if they're the vicious and the voracious type of people, we are not to cut them off. Remember what God can do to people like Paul. Remember what God can do to people like Nikki Cruz. Remember what God can do to people like you and me. We are not to pronounce condemnation. We are not to indulge ourselves in argumentation to try and fight our way through. That's not really the way that God is calling us to do. We are called to use discretion. We are called not to judge, but to use good judgment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us. Oh, help us. Because sometimes we just want to fight. We want to get our way and our point across. That there are those who have stopped their ears and closed their eyes. Whether we want to admit it or not, there are the dogs and the pigs out there. Help us not to be foolhardy. Help us not to be judged. Maybe you have the temptation to go out and pick a fight with the one who wants to fight the most. But Jesus calls us instead to use good judgment, not to judge those who may seem beyond any kind of saving because God can do anything in the life of others. But use wisdom and discernment in what we say and how we respond. Let us go forth and be Christ. the world who needs him so much and go in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.